As I said, today we're finishing our sermon series on God's creation, and our title this morning is God's Blessing is for All Nations. You see, just because creation took a nosedive in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, after God created everything, He said it's very good, and it was very good, and it took a nosedive because Adam and Eve uh, damaged it. They damaged their relationship with God, and the God said, because of that, you got to get kicked out of the garden, and things will not be normal anymore, and it went downhill from there. And then we have Cain and Abel. Cain was not a, a God-fearing man, or he was a very selfish, prideful man, the better description, and he would not take responsibility for his own sinful attitude. And so he let it get to a point where he actually killed his brother Abel. God took him to task for it. God held him responsible for it, and that was that. And God actually cursed the ground, if you, if you read it. I brought it out in my sermon back then. After Cain, things went from bad to worse, to the point where last Sunday we talked about the days of Noah. The days of Noah were a very difficult time. Um, it says they were continually evil all the time. But what I also mentioned back then was that God's standards had not changed. Just because life was a sin was happening did not mean God was now saying, okay, you know what, actually I'll rewrite the plan of them. I'll rewrite my commandments. Uh, I'll rewrite the, the, uh, the responsibilities. God never did that. God is still the same God he was when he created the world, when he put Adam and Eve in the garden, when sin and all that happened and God judged the world and the story of Noah and all of that. God never changed the standards. God never changed the rules. There's grace now in a different level than what they had then. That is different. That's added. They didn't have that level of grace then, but they got the, had the laws, that, and, and we can go into a whole lot of talk about that. I want to just, uh, not get into that this morning. But God is still the same God he was when he created the world, and it was very good, and we know what happened. Just one thing I want to say about God is that he doesn't get old. We get old, some of us have gray hair, some of us have no hair, and you know, it, we get, we age. And you can tell, some of us have aged. God is still, God is ageless. He never gets old, He doesn't, He doesn't work in time, He doesn't have time limits like we do. And even though God is eternal, He still does work in time. He created this thing called time in which He placed this, this universe, in which He placed our solar system and our planets and our sun, and, and in which He placed us as, as a human, human family. But one thing God has designed us to be is to be in relationship with Him. And as we've already mentioned, we messed it up. But He wants us back. He wants us in relationship with Him. And so I want to, this morning, today, for this sermon, I want to get back to that idea. What did that look like? And how did it begin? When God, and God wants to be, God wants to bless all nations, but He wants to do it through people. And God used people to bring this message out. I mentioned today, uh, earlier this morning already, in the beginning, that today's our EMC Day of Prayer. This couple you saw on the video here, uh, I know them personally. Actually, I went to Bible school with them back in 1998-99. And they were younger than I was. They were high school grads, and I, Anna and I were married, had kids already. But I remember them as a They weren't even married yet. They were dating, as far as I know. They were dating. They weren't even married yet. Now they have a beautiful family, and they've been in this for many years now. And what their job is, being a blessing 
to the community which, where they live. It's a mission couple. That's a huge job. It's a huge responsibility. It doesn't come lightly. It doesn't come easy. Blessings come with responsibilities. And God has made it so he wants to bless all nations, but then he uses his church to do it. He uses his people to do it. So how did it begin? What happened? Well, there's a story in the Bible that is the starting point of where God brought this into reality, where this all started off. And I want us to read that story this morning, just a little piece. There's many chapters in the book of Genesis that tell us that story. But I want to just start with one little short passage, Genesis chapter 12, beginning verse 1. Genesis 12, verse 1 starts off like this. Let me just say a few words. The generations since Noah had come and gone already for many, many years, and things were sinful as they had been before the flood. They were again after the flood. But God never gave up. God never decided, you know what? I'm through. I'm finished. He, he, um, he kept working with the people. And it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, this is now in the land of the Chaldeans. There's a man named Abram and says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That's how it started. When God started this process of bringing a blessing to all nations, he called one person, just one man. And he is the man in the Bible that is referred to as the father of the faithful. God took this man, Abram, He was not perfect, by the way. I would so encourage you, start with Genesis 12, read up to the the whole story of Abram and to Genesis 21 or a little further. Read the whole story. He was not perfect. He had problems with honesty. He had problems with, um, with fear and so on sometimes. But he was a man of faith. And God could use him because he believed. His foundation rested on God. One man once wrote this or said this. He said, if you want to know how high the skyscraper is going to go that they're going to build in a certain town, if you want to know, just look how deep they go down when they dig for the foundation. A normal house, we have contractors here. They don't dig very deep. They scrape off the topsoil, dig it down a bit for a basement, and then they pour a foundation off, they build. Let's say it was a 20-story building. They wouldn't just dig down a few feet, scrape the topsoil and pour a foundation. It's not how they do it. They dig down, 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 because this thing has got to have a lot of strength. And that's what Abraham had. He had a lot of strength. Just this last week, I read an article. There's a big, massive high-rise or skyscraper in the city of San Francisco in the States. It's built right close to the water. It's actually leaning. It's not that old. I don't know how old it is, but it's not that old. And this skyscraper, this one guy had an apartment. You know, buy condos and these things. And so he put a marble on the floor rolled it this way, and it just started rolling that way right away. He said, that's a bad sign. When you're up, I don't know how many stories, 40, 50 stories high, however many stories it is, I'm not sure, and and the marble starts rolling across the floor to the wall. You want to get out of that place. And he said, the foundation's bad. That's why this is. And the guy said, well, in 1840s, this was all swampland here. They put rocks in, and they put fill in. He said, now it looks nice, but underneath it's soft. There are many people who don't have a solid foundation and cannot be used for difficult assignments in life because they're soft underneath. When God called Abram to use him, he was grounded and rooted in God. When we read this verse, when God says, leave your country, your kindred, and your father's house, it meant more to him than it means to us today. And here's why. They had no social media. 
They couldn't quickly hop on a jet plane and four hours later they're 2,000 miles away. It wasn't like that. It was a journey of many months of travel. It meant severing ties, saying no and saying goodbye and forever leaving your kindred, your home, your country. It was a complete uproot, a complete relocation in every which way. So God told Abraham to give these things up. He was going to do something great with Abram, but first he was going to remove him from anything that could distract him or that would deter him or deviate from the path. The, the other thing here is he didn't give him very much information. We're going to read that in a second here. And so for Abram, this truly was a step of faith. If God's going to use us to bless other people, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a stroll in the park. It's going to cost us something. It's going to be difficult. And so when God chose Abram, it was not an easy journey for Abram. Let's read verse 2. It says in verse 2, And I will make of you a great nation. Now let's keep verse 1 in mind as we read this. He's supposed to leave everything. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. If you're going to be a great person, you're going to be known, you're going to be respected, and you're going to be blessed, that sounds good. Just take verse 1 away, right? Just do it without verse 1. No, verse 1 comes first. The removing, the leaving, the separating, that comes first before the blessing can become a reality. And there's in this little passage here a kind of a small micro vision or a picture of what it takes to be a follower of Jesus. There's a saying no, a letting go. It doesn't mean in our time that we everybody leaves everybody. That's not what it says, but it means there's an attitude of the heart. That's what it means. And the other thing here that I want to point out in verse 2 is, in verse 3, is God is taking ownership and responsibility. He says, you go... You leave, you depart, and I will do. I will make. And God promised him that. He said, and then anybody who blesses you, I will bless. Anybody who dishonors you, I will curse. That's pretty heavy. But then the last part of verse 3, it says, And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the nations, all the families. That means you and I. That means us. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was the foundation, the starting point of, you could say, this faith that carried forward through the history of the Jews and that Jesus came and he referred back to constantly when he preached the gospel. We can safely also say that we don't believe that Abram had the full picture or the full understanding of what this would entail. He had some ideas. But usually, we don't know the full gravity or the full extent, the full reach, the full depth of the things that follow on our decisions. Somebody once said that history turns on very small hinges. There, there, if, if you're flying in, a, in an airplane, you have, a, let's say you're flying exactly true north, and you just uh, have a 4,000-mile journey, and then you move one degree right, at the end of that 4,000 miles, you're going to be way off. Just a small change, but it makes a big difference. And that's how life works. Often when big events happen, the people who are in it, they don't really grasp or understand what the future 
of that decision will entail. It was not an easy task. It was not a light-duty task. God was going to make Abram to a great nation. And let's put ourselves in his shoes just for a moment. Let's just imagine or pretend in our mind we're Abram. Let's say God called you and I to do something like this. Leave your family, leave your home, leave your job, leave your career, leave to a place I'm going to show you. Don't, you don't get told where exactly, just the place he's going to show you. And then I'll do this when, once you do that. To me, personally, I would feel, okay, God, can we just not, uh, start here now? I mean, can you do it now? Show me now. And I would say, by the way, um, can you give me a detailed plan of what you have? Lined up, because I want to see the blueprint. I want to see the object. I want to see the end result. I want to see the goal. You say bless all nations, but what's all in between? I want to know the steps. I want. The, I want the map. I want. I want the road stops. I want to know the exact cost. It just tells us what happened. The move for Abram was a move of surrender, commitment, and sacrifice in many different ways. Culture that day was huge. We, it's important now too, but we don't put the same emphasis on culture that they did. They were tribal people. Family meant a whole lot more in that day and age than it does today. We very easily move, pick up and move, and some people move to Bolivia, some move to British Columbia or Alberta, some move to Mexico, some move to the States, wherever, whatever it is. And it seems we don't give it much thought. We just do it because we want to. In that day and age, moving was a lot different than it is now. As for God making Abraham into a great nation, it was going to cost Abram. But there's a problem here. It's not, it's, there's, there's obstacles in the path that are not easy to overcome. One of them was, Abram is old. He's 75 years old at this point in life. Now, I think it's kind of late in life to start out, making a career change, and actually moving to a different country at that age in life. I think you should have done it when he was 35, not 75. And God is kind of late on the job getting to uh, do that. And another thing here, um, Abram has got no family. He's got servants. He's got a wife, no kids. She was barren. She couldn't bear children. She does have a, a son at age when he's 100, but that's another story. But at this point in time, they have no kids. They got no family. What God is doing, he has a way of doing things. First, he takes his time. Way too much time for our liking. And this Saint Abram has to wait. Second, if that's not hard enough, then he makes it difficult. What's interesting about the story is God does not give Abram the whole package just little by little, and Abram has to develop his faith and grow through this as time moves on. And then even later, Abram's son was Isaac, when he had one, finally. And Isaac had Jacob and Esau, and it was Jacob through whom the blessing would come. None of these guys ever got the land that God was going to show Abram. Let's read verse 4. It says, So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. That was his nephew. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. He had first moved from, from Ur of the Chaldeans to Haran, that was north, northwest. And then from uh, Haran, that was in the north, he moved south toward Canaan. It says in verse 5, And Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. 
He simply obeyed the instructions he was given. The journey of a lifetime. He didn't go alone. He had his family with him. There were some people with him. But for the most part, the tribe he was from, he left that tribe. So in short, the odds were not in his favor. He was not young anymore. He was leaving his homeland. He was financially well off as far as we know from the stories. And had he been a powerful military leader, maybe it would have looked better. But the way it looked now, it would definitely need in divine intervention, divine help to pull this off. And sometimes people say, well, only God can make it happen now. Well, that's the way it should always be, right? And as he's in Canaan, he's not owning the land. He just, go, he just went there. God showed him where to go. It says in verse 7. Let's read verse 7 and on. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Okay, first he told him to leave. He told him he was going to be with him. He told him he was going to bless him. A land he would show him. It says, The Lord said to, appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. Let's pause here. We're going to read more, but let's pause here. I think at this point in time, if I was Abraham, I said, hold on a minute. You said you were going to show me a land. You said nothing about my offspring getting the land. What about me? What about me? Isn't that always one of the first questions we ask? What about me? God wants to bless all nations. He wants us to do, He wants to use us to do it. But so often, the me comes the focus. So if God wants to use me to bless the community, what about me? Well, I will receive the blessing in being the blessing. God says, to your offspring, I will give this land. Remember, he's 75 years old. Remember, he's got no kids. And I would really encourage you, read the rest of the story of Abram, maybe sometime today, during this week sometime. The incredible challenges this man faced and how God prepared the blessing for the nations. And we don't find that he's negative about it or that he's, uh, he, he has, inter he interrupts God and says, oh, wait a minute, what about me? It just simply says, God says, I will give this land. So he, meaning Abram, built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. He worshiped. All this doing that he had to do, he was looking long term. It wasn't that he was going to benefit from it so much as his offspring. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Give us exact locations. You can still look it up on the maps. There he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. It's very interesting. When he got to the place where God said to your offspring, at that point in time, it was a step-by-step-by-step -by -step -by -step growth factor in Abram's life. And yet again, I mean, if it was me had been there, I would have said, okay, what about me? What about my, my situation? Why didn't you tell me this earlier? You could have, you could have maybe bypassed this. Let, let my children go if you ever give me any. But that's not what happened. God promised Abram that he would give this land to his descendants. And if you continue reading on, he actually did. In the book of Judges, Joshua and Judges, that's where it happened. But that was many hundreds of years later. And the journey that Abram had taken, that was not a short little journey. That was a journey of roughly, give or take, depending how the roads were, but the distance, if you look on the map, about 2,000 kilometers. That's from here to Texas, kind of. Now, to do that on foot, with your herds and flocks, with no internet, no telephone service, that was a huge deal. And then when you get there, God says, okay, this is the land I was going to show you. Now to your offspring, I will give this land. You're not going to own it. You're just going to be a stranger here. You're going to be a migrant 
wandering nomad or he did settle somewhat. He bought land where he later buried his wife. There were some things that happened. Fascinating story. There's much, much more to the story of Abram. But God used him to be a blessing that we still benefit from. Also, in the process here, there was a change in Abram's name. He was not Abram anymore. He was changed to Abraham. He faced challenges and trials and things that didn't always go well. He got tested. There were squabbles with his relatives, with his servants, between him and his wife, and even him and the government. And he got kicked out of one country. And Finally, when he was 100 years old, that long-promised baby was born. Then you have the story where God's like, I want you to sacrifice your baby, your young child to me. Of course, maybe you know the story. If you haven't read the story, read it. But in all of these things, God used Abram to develop, to grow, and today he's called the father of the faithful. He had some great experiences, but I don't think that I would be ready to trade places with him and say, you know what, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being him. I don't think so. There's so much that happened in his story. Very fascinating. What I wanted us to take home from this this morning is God wants to use us to bless others. That's part of creation. That's the good creation he created. And it was never about Abraham. It was about God being glorified and worshipped through him. God used Abram to demonstrate his power and his glory. And Abram was a faithful man. Yes, he messed up sometimes. I appreciate that the stories are there that we can learn from. And if we mess up, there's grace for us. In the end, we find Abraham fulfilled God's plan in his life. Abram died, never becoming the owner of the land God said he was going to show him. The future blessing was going to come later. And today we know Abraham is in, in heaven. We know the story of the rich man and Lazarus. There's others, other stories. And when the Bible says God refers to himself, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of the living. And Jesus says, he's the God of the living, not the dead. So we know. There's one more verse that I want us to read this morning. That's out of Genesis 15, verse 6. There's much more prior to that verse, much more after that verse. A lot of stuff went on. A lot of stuff happened. But I just want to draw attention to this verse. And it says, and he, meaning Abraham, believed the Lord. And he counted it to him as righteousness. You know where it finally comes down to in the end is where's the faith? Where's the trust? And in how that faith and trust is exemplified or lived out, that determines how the rest of things fall out. Abram had a relationship with God. He was not perfect, but he was a man of God. God most likely will not call us to do what Abraham did, to leave our homeland, to leave our family, to leave our, our relatives. He's probably not. But the level of commitment is just the same. And so we must put God first. God's blessing only works when he's received in faith. And people who miss this or reject this, they miss out. There are many blessings God pours out on creation in general. Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter 5. God lets rain on the just and the unjust. But the blessing of relationship, that only comes when we're in relationship. That's the, that's the word of hope and encouragement I want to give us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we're again thankful for your word to us. We're thankful for the example that we have in the Bible of the saint. His name is Abraham. Lord, he was not a perfect man, but he was a true man. He was honest, he was dedicated, he was devoted, and you used him mightily. Lord, even today, the blessing that 
you brought to this world through his faithfulness the same blessings, Lord, of hope and trust you want us to live out and to bring to other people as well. Lord, help us to be a church, a community of faith, a faith community where people can come to and find hope and meaning and purpose in life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.